micro-learning happen on board an oil rig? Today we explore the value of micro-bite-sized learning and discover how the bite-sized learning approach is making a big impact with our client. I'm Karen Avari. And I am Lula Gage. And we are the Safety Collaborators. And our mission is to help people change the way they think about safety by improving their conversations and psychological safety. So you went on last week's podcast, so welcome back. Thank you. Nice to be having our conversations again. So, Nules, you've been very busy over the last month. You're still out there, actually, in the Mediterranean Sea somewhere, whilst I'm still up here in northeast Scotland. You've been out there for a while and you've been doing a lot of learning and development and training out there. So what we thought would be really nice this week is if you share your experience of what it's been like over the past few weeks so that our listeners get a better understanding of how we conduct bite-sized learning on board an oil rig. We will keep all names for our clients for privacy reasons. We don't mention them on the podcast. Nils, over to you. Yeah, so thank you. I am delighted that I have internet that I can actually have this conversation with you, which is exciting. It is one of the challenges that we, we deal with when working offshore. And exactly. I'm sure those who are offshore totally relate to that. So if I come and go, please forgive me, but I am here. And we've been doing a bit of micro bite-sized learning over the last few weeks. And one of the, the other heads of departments came to me and he said, after the morning meeting, I'm a little concerned about one of my team members. He keeps very much to himself, is very competent, does his job incredibly, but the people side of things is making him quite ostracised from the team. And I've been hearing what you're doing with the other teams. Do you think you can help and can you run some of the sessions you're doing with my team? Mm. Of course, I was like, absolutely, that's why I'm here. We are here to serve you and we are here to help in any way that we can. And I did a bit of an interview with him to get a better understanding as to what are the concerns and what is the potential outcome that he wanted to see after some intervention from a safety coach. Previously, I'd been running the sessions, first focusing on team development and then bringing in bridging cultures. And I said to him, you know, I think for this one, let's swap it around. Let's start on the conversation around bridging cultures because it really is a wonderful opener and a safe space for people to understand that we're just different, even if sometimes we come across as difficult. And we ran the Bridging Culture session and the team ended up having some really fabulous, intimate conversations that they wouldn't have had if they weren't in that kind of environment and being posed with questions they wouldn't have thought to ask themselves. The next day, we did a session around teams and the stages of team development, and we did some experiential team exercises so that they could see how they work through the different stages. And I left it at that. I was like, okay, guys, off you go, do your thing. And five days later or so, the rig manager came on board. And I wasn't in the team meeting where all the head of departments got together. But afterwards, I heard this like little rumor, because one of the other head of departments came to me and says, I hear you made like a real difference. I said, what are you talking about? Because now I've been wondering, you know, about this particular crew member who has been really engaging over the last few days, hasn't just walked past the office, has actually said hello, has been working with the team in a completely different way. And I've now found out why. 
and their department head has put it down to the interventions that you ran. And when I went and spoke to that department head, I said, hey, what's happened? He goes, I am so amazed at the difference because he feels that people understand him. He's feeling included in the team. Mm. He's even sitting with us at lunchtime and not sitting by himself. And the team now understand where he's coming from, that he is just such a different person in comparison to them with his experiences, his makeup, his character. And it's really, really brought the team together. And he was like, thank you so much. And I said, it's an absolute pleasure. And I am delighted that we could create the space for the conversation. But remember that all we're doing is creating the space and asking the question. It's the team and the individuals who have actually made this happen and work so well. They're the ones that do the work. Yeah. Our role is as catalysts for those conversations. Yes. It was just such a lovely example of how when something is identified and you can create that space, how there is such a shift in energy in the way that things are done. And as safety coaches, we often get that question, are you a psychologist? Because people seem to be a bit scared of that offshore. <laughs> True. <laughs> and coaching is all about looking forward. It's about going, where are you now and where do you want to be? And how do you as a team take the steps to work towards that. And I think that's probably the biggest difference is that's what these micro bite size learning or conversations are about is taking the team from where they're at to where they want to be. Do you think that one of the key elements to this might be that this person now suddenly feels included? Very much so. So where I'm coming from from this is so often we think, well, why isn't a person just getting on with it? Well, maybe up to this point in time, he hasn't been able to step over that threshold of inclusion. So maybe to this point, oh, well, I'm just here. I've just been employed. This is what I'm doing. I don't need to engage. Why do I need to? You know, these might be some internal conversations. It might have been a bit shy. So and up to this point, if there hasn't been any pre-crew development, it makes it more difficult. People don't just rock up on a site, anybody, whether it's an office or anywhere, and feel included. Something has to happen for that step to occur. And maybe that's what that whole process is what's happened for that individual. Very much so. And it really does link to that first stage of psychological safety. Mm. Because when we are different and working on a multinational work environment and rig, there are people who are very different. You know, they're, they're on the opposite sides of viewpoints on certain mm -hmm. ways. And neither of those viewpoints are wrong. They're just different. But if you are the only one with that way of being in your team, it can be very isolating. Mm. And it was really wonderful to watch those light bulbs coming on amongst the team. And also the opportunity to sit with the head of department or the leader in that and really get a deeper understanding and go, oh, OK, this is your need. So I need to change my process to meet that need just because I've been doing something in one way with one or two of the teams and that's work doesn't mean it's going to work for every team. So when we're looking at the design, the development, the process and rollout, it isn't a copy and paste it is really around having a look at what is the need and then how are we flexible in meeting or matching those needs in the way we do things. Mm. You know, with 
Some of the teams, we have been running sessions around asking questions and the value of questions and the different types of questions that you can ask to achieve a goal. Does every team on the rig need that at the moment? No. So again, it's around that flexibility of observing what is going on and then going, this bite-sized piece of learning will be helpful in the team and then offering it and saying, can we work with your guys? Mm. And most of the time, the answer is, yeah, that would be helpful. Fabulous. You can have them mm. for an hour or 45 minutes. And I think that's an important element. We talk about learning just in time, just as is needed in the moment. Mm-hmm. So those two words kind of work really well together. And it's happening during their operations. It's happening as and when operations allow them to do that. I think one of the really nice things I like when we're having our open discussions around what's happening out there and with the clients is that they are actually now coming to you. So if I was to ask you, what was it like a month ago to try and get some a group to come and have an event, come and do some learning with you versus what's happening now towards the end of the month, particularly this month? Yeah. You've had the opportunity to actually do more because the operational situations allowed you a bit more and the teams a bit more flexibility. So what have you found in that way? I've definitely found that it feels less like I'm dragging a stone towards me (laughs) and actually walking alongside. Again, it also depends on the team and where they're at. And I had an interesting conversation this week with someone who said, some people may find what they perceive as warm and fuzzy sessions, really awkward and like, oh my gosh, why are you asking me to do this and find the process uncomfortable. And that again is where the process of facilitation is so important because not everyone may be comfortable in a group and not everyone may be comfortable talking in front of people. Hmm. So we have to adapt to that. Maybe it's putting people in pairs to get feedback. So those who are uncomfortable speaking up, their partner will give their ideas but they are still heard through the process. Mm. But the more that we have been doing this over the last few weeks, the more people have gone, are we doing something tomorrow? Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah, Like, I'm delighted. But let's not just do something for the sake of doing something and because it's fun. Let's make sure that it is fun and you are learning in the process and further mm. growing and developing your teams. Mm. And just on that one yeah. um, is around what has been very surprising for people mm. is that not one of the sessions that we have done are death by PowerPoint. That's not how learning happens. They've been engaging. It's been conversational. Most of the time there is no PowerPoint or anything up. It's around really getting involved in an activity where people learn about each other and they see each other in different ways or the team or they have to struggle to find a solution. So there have been a couple of people who've come and gone, I was expecting that session to be really painful. It was actually really good. I'm like, oh, fabulous, spread the word. Absolutely. It's true experiential learning. Mm-hmm. In 45 minutes, what, what are you going to learn off a of PowerPoint slide? Not a lot. You know, you need a, maybe a piece of paper, a flip chart to draw something to give directions and then nothing happens without conversation. In no. the words of Judith Glazer, everything happens, that's- everything in the world and cultures change one conversation at a time. And that's what really happens. Yeah. You said something around creating space. Now, I'm going to be a bit more tactical in this question just to maybe help people visualise 
what the actual space might look like where you're running these workshops. Because in case anyone thinks it's, oh, in a classroom somewhere with chairs and a table, <laughs> not necessarily. We have to be equally creative <laughs> with finding space. And finding the space that you can do experiential activities, especially yeah. when they need quite a bit of space. Mm. So there's two things around creating space. One is the physical environment. So where we can, we have been doing some of these sessions on site in our coveralls in situ, in the actual workplace, where that doesn't quite work, or if it's raining, it's been in rec rooms or in the cinema, there's a lovely big open space in front of all of the chairs where everyone can stand around and we can do mm. things. Mm. It's been undercover on decks outside. So there's the physical space that you have to mm. be creative with and find. The other one around creating space is creating a safe space for people to be able to speak up and have their say where they have a sense of safety and comfort that their words will be heard and that they can be vulnerable. But they also have the confidence that they are adding value. Mm. And that can be quite difficult, especially in environments where possibly it's seen to have a bit of bravado or a bit of ego comes into play. So how do you do that? And that really is around process and conversation and asking the right question. And as a, a facilitator and a coach, observing and going, where are maybe dynamics not working so well? Mm. So some of these, when we first started running them, we were mixing crews from different teams because it made it easier that there was still coverage. But what that also did is that it did bring up a sense of barrier because people weren't as comfortable in being vulnerable in front of a crew that they don't really work with. Mm. We've changed that and where practical and operations can allow, we've had crews working in their teams going through these activities and the conversation has definitely been a much deeper conversation. Mm. There's been a lot more vulnerability. There's been a lot more openness. There was learning in all of them. And a big part of this is planting a seed where the conversation will then continue in the team when you are no longer around as a facilitator. So there is definitely learning happening, but changing the dynamic to really create that space where people feel they can be safely vulnerable has had a, a very interesting impact. Often the conversation around these sorts of projects and when we're kicking off and speaking to potential new clients, et cetera, is, you know, how do we get a return on investment, if you like? And I think what you've just described is that return on investment. It's not a linear process. It's about how you're seeing the culture or the conversations in the workplace changing. Mm -hmm. And that's your measure of what is evolving. And that takes time. That doesn't happen quickly through the interventions that happen, whether it's one-on-one -on -one conversation, whether it's group coaching mm -hmm. uh, or these bite-sized learning opportunities. What might be some of the other, let's call it return on investment, if you like, that you've observed? There are many. And before I even give some examples, mm. I had a, a conversation with one of the rig managers and it was about how the role of the safety coach is actually quite invisible. Mm -hmm. It's not about going, oh, look, look, I helped him have that conversation. Oh, I can see the result of this. And I was part of that process where they've designed a safer way of doing things. It's the back end cheerleading where you do this little happy dance inside where you go, 
I am so, so thrilled that the person has actually taken the conversation or the coaching session and they've gone and actioned it. Mm. And they are the ones who are shining and they are the ones who are being visible in front of the group or the team or the organization. And this week, actually, at the weekly safety meeting, the award for the best safety card of the last three months, when I looked up and I read it, I did an absolute happy dance inside because I can remember that conversation and intervention as if it was yesterday. Mm. And it was one of the guys observing something that he was concerned about so and he felt was unsafe, but he was trying to manage it on his own. And we went through a coaching conversation. So, all right, say more about what you're concerned about and how would you like to see it improved and what could you do about that? Is there anybody who can help you? And he was like, I'm going to put somebody, a junior, in place where I am now to observe and I'm going to go and find my supervisor. And he went and found his supervisor. They had an intervention done. They sorted it out and it was a safer operation. And at no point is it our role as safety coaches to go, ooh, look at me, <laughs> you know. Mm. But it is our role to kind of go, well done mm. to the person. And when I see him again, he's not on board at the moment, I will say to him, now, what did you learn from this experience mm. that you can now repeat going forward into other experiences? Absolutely. And that's the repeat, I think, is a really important word. This is about making learning and growth sustainable. Yes. Yeah. So that everybody, they, they feel this change, they feel the experience, and they will feel the need, if you like, or the desire to repeat that. So brilliant. And that was an example of one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. Yeah, and then the other side is the group coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. So we had a, a group, an impromptu group coaching with one of the teams a couple of weeks ago. And there was something raised by the juniors that was really, they were finding it incredibly frustrating. It was impacting their work. And they were like, please, can we try and find a solution? And their supervisors were like, why are we only hearing about this now? Mm. But they hadn't felt comfortable or confident to bring it up. And they had, in that session, directed the question to me as the safety coach because I have a different relationship. And again, it's around turning that question and saying, OK, so let's have a look at this. What is the outcome that you would like to achieve and why do you see this as so valuable? What will it look like? What difference will it make? What impact will it have on your operation and your safety? And their supervisors were like, Oh, we can totally see this. We're going to take it forward. We will champion this for you. Mm. And they did. They went and championed it with the OIM. And a week later, changes were made. And it was wonderful because people feel that they have been heard. They have been seen. They can see that action is taken when the why makes sense and that their supervisors have their backs and will support them. Critical. Critical piece. One of the other things that have come out, especially from the group learning and the micro learning sessions, those bite-sized sessions, is when people have these conversations, that they almost look at each other and go, am I not the only one that feels like that? Am I not the only one thinking that this is concerning or something that needs to be addressed? Well, I haven't spoken up because I thought it was just me. But now it's like, oh, we've got the confidence as a group to be able to say, it's not just me. Yes, let's try and find a solution. Mm. And that doesn't just have to be in person. I think you have had some of those experiences as well. 
Absolutely. We do it all the time. We've been running a global safety leadership program for three years and we run it virtually, meaning that we have a digitally facilitated program. It's live. We just use Zoom or Teams to run it and some other technology. One of the big things that they really get from it is it's all about conversations and the ability to be able to keep coming back and having those conversations amongst themselves, amongst the teams, and also from different groups as well. This thing about, you know, oh, it's not just me. Oh, you also Mm -hmm. have that experience. What can we do together? And in that program, we're trying to create little mini projects and have these ambassadors for moving some of those learnings forward. Fantastic. I get a really good sense of what happens in terms of learning. You know, in an ideal world, and this is expectation versus reality from our side. In an ideal world, we run crew development programs before an operation even begins. But sometimes that's just not possible. No. <laughs> so all we can do is this bite-sized, in-the-moment, add-value learning and appreciate that people learn differently. And so therefore, what works for one team is going to be slightly different for another team. So d- before I wrap this up, What are the key topics that you've been focused on over the last month? It's been very much the top three or four Mm -hmm. have been around bridging cultures. Mm -hmm. And it's that whole thing around people are different, even though they may come across as difficult. And how do you walk towards each other instead of opposing each other? Mm -hmm. The team development and understanding the stages of team development. So what happens in mm-hmm. forming, norming, uh, forming, storming, norming, <laughs> performing, forming. and yep. how that loops in this environment because mm-hmm. people are constantly going back to forming in this industry. Absolutely, yeah. The, the other one that's been quite critical is around asking questions mm-hmm. and building that confidence that you will not achieve your goal or get what you need unless you ask for it. And then with some of the teams, we've just continued doing the team interactions. So doing experientials around how do you come up with, how do you form solutions? How do you have conflict resolution? Mm -hmm. And again, those are all experientials. So it's been mostly the top three. And then where teams have asked, we've added in some other ones. Mm -hmm. The one that I was thinking of today was around why is safety close to my heart? And I think that might be the theme for the upcoming week before I disembark is doing some team sessions around why is safety close to my heart? Do you know what's a really nice activity? Not everybody will do it, but maybe an invitation on that one. And here you are, guys. We're just doing some live brainstorming now. Uh, Get them to draw it. So there might be a conversation, but get them to draw. Mm -hmm. In a past iteration of this, I remember running that particular session and the guys came back with drawings and that's why I say it and one was this the champion was this dragon with a big heart in the middle of it I mean you know it can be just random but it has to be relevant to them yeah or you can say who's your team champion get them to draw Mm. something that represents their group or their team so there's things like that you can do too so that might be a fun way to expand on that one that's really lovely Let's wrap up this session today. So I think what we've pretty much covered has been team development happens during operations and we add value in the moment. So if you like, we call it just-in-time learning. The sessions are flexible 
and they are relevant to what's happening within the team rather than prescribed sessions. So we don't just go on board and say, this is what we're going to make everybody go through. We are actually flexible and we work in with the environment that we find ourselves in and the teams. The topics, even though they're often seen as the warm and fuzzy stuff, we know that the in quotes, I'm using air quotes just now, soft skills are actually the tough skills. Um, however, what we're finding is as people start to experience this learning, they see it as valuable and a growth opportunity for themselves and for their team and the operations, actually. We create the space for teams to discuss things comfortably and confidently and that their ways of working and with each other, and particularly how they communicate to get stuff done. People become more involved and use the opportunity to address concerns that are very specific to them or they may not know how to address. And they are quite often surprised when they hear others feel the same or experience the same concern. And learning's different for everyone. So we may run or you may run the same session, but it may have different relevance and outcomes per group. So feel free to connect with us on our website, safetycollaborations.com, where you will find the show notes for this and any of the other resources that we have available to you. We have recently done a, a new page which is all about safety coaching and training on board. So mm -hmm. go and have a look at that. It definitely gives you know some more background to this and we are always open for conversation. So thank you for joining us today. It's always lovely to have these conversations that matter. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, use the hashtag conversations that matter and we'll track it on the socials, uh, particularly LinkedIn. Um, and we'd be delighted if you found this podcast is adding value. Feel free to listen to the previous ones, but also hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast and share it with others. It helps us to share the news, the more people that like this. You can email us directly at hello at safetycollaborations.com or you can find us on LinkedIn. Look out for Nola Gage or Karen Avari or and follow our company page, Safety Collaborations. Until next week, stay safe and stay well. <laughs> <laughs>